I was desperate, you know, at the time I was 17, 18, unemployed, you know, and I was desperate to, you know, to get a break. And I knew that if I did get a try, I would, you know, I would grab the chance. I think it was always going to be boxing. I mean, I stepped into the gym as a 10 or 11 year old. Boxing just took hold of my heart straight away. I love everything about the sport of boxing. I'm Marie Crow, and this is We Become Heroes, the RTE sports podcast that explores how elite athletes and sports people reach the top of their game and the lessons that they learned along the way. Now, I'm delighted to say that my guest today is Ireland cricketer Kevin O'Brien. Kevin, first of all, how are you? How's life? Yeah, great. Um, busy, um, which is which is always good. Um, but yeah, kind of coming into the season now, so training is picking up, um, and obviously anticipation to get back out in the field is 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 improving. So, um, yeah, looking forward to getting going now in a couple of weeks' time when the season starts. How is How are things different for you now So and, and for your sport? So when you started, obviously, so young and the game has developed so much now, um, just in terms of, of how you feel the game is in this country? Yeah, I suppose when I started playing cricket for Ireland in 2006, um, you know, we had no, no professional players. Um, we had one paid staff member that was our, the head coach at the time, A.D. Burrell. Um, it was an organisation run by pretty much amateurs. Um, um, so, yeah, and, and obviously the players were kind of weekend players. We'd go off and play over in England or, you know, play against a, a few of the lesser countries on a, on a weekend and then, you know, back into the day job for most of the people on Monday morning. So, um, yeah, it was a, certainly a different time back then. And, you know, to where we are now in, in 15 or 16 years is, is a phenomenal achievement by, by everyone off the field, but, you know, obviously everyone on the field as well to get the, the organisation and position they're in at the moment. Did you ever think you'd have a career in cricket as a professional athlete? Uh, not growing up. Um, you know, it was never it was never done by anyone really. Um, you know, up until Ed Joyce probably went over in, you know, probably the late 90s. Um, early two thousands, and, and that's probably when a lot of a lot of other players realised that you know there's a, a chance can be can be uh, achieved over in England in, in the county game, and, and I suppose county teams and county staff coaches looked at Ireland as a way of you know getting some high quality players, and, and since Ed went over, you know Boyd Rankin went over, Owen Morgan, my brother Niall, you know myself, William Porterfield, Gary Wilson. You know, Paul Sterling, the list goes on. So, um, unfortunately, the last couple of years that stopped due to us getting test status. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully, that the 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 uh, game here at the at the provincial level can improve the standard at the national level. So things are a little bit different from for you now from when you started for such a long time. Like probably one of the first names on the team sheet, and now battling to get back into the Ireland squad. What's that like? Uh, frustrating. Um, if I'm being honest um, but I suppose that's professional sport um, and what I've learned in the last couple of months is um, there's not much loyalty involved in professional sports so I think you know players when we get to a certain age in our career um, you know the, the twilight period um, you know people are potentially maybe um, are a little bit uh I'm, I'm not wanna, I don't want to say unfair, but, you know, certainly the age may be considered um, in, in, in your selection and your future selections. But, you know, that's just that's sport and that's just the way I've got to deal with it now. And I've got 
my goal is is to get back in the team um, and hopefully I can perform well at the interprovincial level and um, yeah, force my way back in. Were you surprised that it has gone this way for you? Uh, yes, um, you know, certainly taking the phone call at, you know, in October, November, whenever it was. Yeah, I was very, very surprised and, and pretty shocked. Um, you know, obviously I didn't have a fantastic season, um, but, you know, I don't think um, a lot of us did in the team. So, um, but yeah, that's just, you know, something I've got to deal with. And, you know, I've let it go now. I've, I was, you know, upset and hurt at the time, but, you know, these things happen for a reason. So, yeah, I'm going to come back and, you know, I, I will get back in the team. I'm f- fully confident that I'm going to get back in the squad. And I'm going to be on the plane to Australia in, you know, eight months' time. So, um, yeah, it's just giving me a bit of motivation to prove some people wrong. It's not a bad thing at all, having that motivation to, to prove people wrong. Yeah, and I think that's what's probably driven me throughout my career. Um, you know, I've, whenever people have doubted my position in the team, I've always put in a performance to, you know, either get us in a chance of winning a game or, or win as a match. So, um, yeah, that's the type of character I am. I like proving people wrong. I like being the underdog. Um, and I suppose now I, I'm probably both of those, you know, I want to prove people wrong and, you know, I'm kind of an underdog and whether people expect me to get back in the team or whether I can, you know, still play at a high level, um, I think I can. I think my performances over the last 12 months have been inconsistent, but there's been some good match winning performances in there. So, you know, I, I still have the hunger to to get back in the team and, you know, go to another World Cup. So what have you been doing then? Like, how do you get to a situation where you feel that you will be selected? Like, what what kind of things do you do? Yeah, well, I've moved. I've moved my. I've moved from Leinster Lightning, my provincial side. To, I've moved down to Munster. Um, you know, I think a fresh approach and a fresh start to the interpro structure for me is is what I need. Um, yeah, it got very stale at Leinster and that's nothing against the people involved or the teammates or anything like that. It's just, you know, playing with one team for nine years, um, you know, winning 17 out of 19 competitions, it get, does get a bit boring. So, again, you know, I, wanna, I, I wanted to move and, you know, get a fresh get a fresh team and a fresh approach. Um, and hopefully that gives me the inspiration and the motivation to kind of go on and put in some really good performances for Munster. So, yeah, looking forward to that. And I've just got to train hard. Um, over the next couple of weeks and months and you know get to know the new coach as well as I can and hopefully um you know he can he can see that I've still got something to offer to the team. Okay, well lots to look forward to anyway over the, the next few months and, and hopefully a busier ahead for you on the international scene as well. But let's go back first. So what were your earliest memories of sport? Um yeah probably just down in the local club with Railway Union just with my my brothers and you know all of the mates we hung around with and um, just watching dad play probably from a very early age, maybe four or five years old. So, um, yeah, dad played for railway for, you know, 60 years or something or 50 years, something crazy. Um, so yeah, just down in railway every weekend watching him play. And, you know, obviously if there was test cricket on TV on the BBC, myself and Nyla would probably park up in front of that and watch that with a can of Coke and a packet of crisps um, for a few hours. So yeah, just down in the club watching, watching my dad watching test cricket. Two were your heroes. Sporting now it doesn't have to just be cricket in general. Um, well, probably when I was very young, yeah, it was probably you know uh, a couple of couple one from cricket would have been um, Sean Pollock when I was a little bit younger. He's South African uh, ex captain, um, you know, a red hair like me, um, very similar type of bowler um, and a kind of middle order batsman. So probably I 
maybe kind of modelled my game slightly on him. Um, although I'm more of a batsman than than he was. Um, but then from a football point of view, obviously watched football growing up. Um, I loved Paul Gascoigne as a player. Um, hence why I supported Spurs, Lazio, and for a time uh, Rangers. Um, so uh, yeah, I just loved the way he played the game. He was just you know very very full of arrogance and you know a great natural flair of of how he could play football and. Yeah, he was just a he was a bit of a fan favourite, and you know, I just loved the way he went about it. And I'll never forget his goal against uh, Arsenal in the semi final at Wembley. So um, that's a memory that's very sticks with me from an early age. What about you then, and other sports? Obviously, cricket such a big part of your life. But you know, when kids are young, they often dip their toes into many other things. Were you one of those kids? Yeah, I played everything. Um, obviously, growing up in Sandyland, um, you've, we've got a lot of sports clubs around there. You know, you've got Gale where. I played as a kid, um, you know, played Gaelic, um, tried a little bit of hurling, but, you know, wasn't really into it that much. Um, but I, I loved playing Gaelic as a fullback um, and played in school as well, in Marion College, so I enjoyed that. Um, played hockey in Railway Union, you know, from a young age as well. And really enjoyed that. Um, and then, yeah, just, you know, tried a little bit of rugby in school, didn't like that. But I think it's the important thing for, for me, certainly, and, you know, something I try and tell, you know, my kids and and and... and other, other young young adults that I train and coach you just got to try a lot of other sports you know because you might ultimately pick a sport um, you know when you're in your teenage years but the sports that you try when you're young certainly do add to the skills needed to play whatever rel relative sport you play so you know I think certainly from my cricket career I think other sports have certainly helped hand-eye coordination from hockey has certainly helped um, my hand-eye coordination in cricket my footwork needed for you know to play hockey or to play, you know, fullback to to move, and you know that's helped my my footwork in the field or it's helped my footwork when I'm batting. So, I think uh, you've you've got to try, you know, all sports, and that's just me. I mean, that doesn't include does just doesn't include ball sports. You know, things like you know, I don't know, gymnastics or something. You know, certainly going to help your body get stronger and you know you know get more flexible and stuff like that. So yeah, I think it's in, it's to be encouraged just to play as many sports as you can growing up. Um, and then, you know, when you get to a certain age and you can kind of focus on one or two sports and see where you go from there. Were you good at everything? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was brutal at rugby, hence why I only played three games. Um, I was too scared to play hurling. I wouldn't get in on a 50-50. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I enjoyed Gaelic. I was, I was a fullback who didn't really move much. Um but uh, I was I, I was good at marking, so that I was and I was good at catching the ball from cricket. So that's probably why I was stuck in uh, in fullback. And I played a little bit of football as well. But I, I was okay at most sports. Um, I probably never realised that you know I was I was half decent at cricket until probably seventeen or eighteen years old. I was kind of good. At, I was good at all sports without without excelling in any one in particular. So you were late teens by the time then that you realised you had a bit of talent for cricket why was that the case um well I was I, I was picked for the Irish in the 13s um at 13 but you know I think the probably the number of players available to play were, were limited so I mean I, I probably didn't realize that you know because I, it was such a big deal to be picked um I didn't make the Irish under 15s I think or the 16s whatever age it was I was dropped for 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 a um tournament and I'll never for, I'll never let the coach at the time forget that um, I always remind him whenever I see him so um, yeah it was probably when I was 17 I got back into the Irish on the 
underage system and, and we had the World Cup a couple of years after that. So it was, it was probably from those 17, 18, 19 kind of years where I realised that, you know, cricket's a good, it's a pretty cool sport. Yeah, I enjoy it. I'm, I'm actually not too bad at it. You know, and obviously there's a World Cup a couple of years in, down the line. This was in 2002. So there was a couple of, World Cup in 2004, um, an under-19 World Cup. So it was something to kind of look forward to from that point of view. When you didn't make that under-15, 16 squad, was that a motivator for you even back then? Um, yeah, probably looking back. Yeah, probably. Um, I didn't realise at the time. Um, again, I felt I should have been picked and you know, it was, wasn't for various reasons, which I disagreed with. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I think that's maybe that's where it's my kind of attitude has stemmed from and, you know, always wanted to prove people wrong. And uh, maybe it's from that non-selection, that's, that's where I've got my kind of motivation from. So what did you, when you were developing then as a, as a cricketer, what did you have to work on most in your game? Um, everything. Um, you know, I think like for me, I was, I was an all-rounder, so I batted and bowled. Um, so obviously being an all-rounder, you've, you've got, um, your training sessions are longer. Um, you know, your training sessions are physically harder because you've got to bowl and then you've got to do some fielding and then you've got to go in and do batting and then you might need to bowl some more. So, uh, batters and bowlers have it pretty easy because they just do one. <laughs> they just do one discipline of training. They just go in a bath and then they sit down for an hour. Um, I never thought about that. That's until the bus is ready to go. Um, whereas, <laughs> whereas all rounders like me, and you know, we've we've got to bat and bowl and do some fielding, and then if you want to do extra stuff, it's you know, so our set our sessions pretty much are, are on the go all the time. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose I had to work on everything. Um, I was probably more of, I started, certainly started off as a bowler who batted a little bit. Um, but then at the Under-19 World Cup, I came home as a batter who bowled just for whatever reason. Something clicked with my, with my batting and I kind of, you know, focused on that a little bit more than my bowling from then on. So when you're that age and you're thinking about life as a teenager, did you by then think maybe there could be a pathway there for you? Yeah, no. Um, you know, I, I went... So I finished school in 2002. I went to college um, in IT Tallaght to study accountancy. You know, so cricket wasn't really on my radar, even at 18, 19. Um, you know, so I, for, for the World Cup, I had to drop out of college and, you know, kind of defer my year and kind of go to the World Cup and that, that type of thing. So, you know, post-World Cup in, in 2004, I, I was selected to go to MCC uh, Young Cricketers, which is a kind of an academy scheme where we, the guys train at Lords five days a week, the most iconic cricket around in the world. So, and you play against the County 11 second teams. And um, so I got selected to go on that. So I went over to London to live for two summers at the age of 18 and 19. So um, that was a bit of an eye opener for me. Um, you know, but a, a great learning curve from, from life, from life's point of view, how to fend for yourself and how to look after yourself. And, you know, from a cricket point of view as well, trying to, you know, play five days a week. Um, against some pretty seriously good uh, professional cricketers who have been professionals for a long time. So it was a great learning curve on the field for me as well. So I came back certainly after those two years a much better cricketer. Um, and then it was probably only I realised that, you know, potentially I want to try and make a career out of it. Um, but even then, you know, in 2006, I came home, 2005, 2006, there was no, there was no option of being a professional here in Ireland. So... I, you know, did a few trials with a few counties over in England to try and get signed up in from 2006 onwards. Um, ultimately, didn't make it, but you know, obviously got selected then a couple of months later in, 
for Ireland for my first time. So what moment did then did you think, okay, I can make it, I can, you know, I belong at the at this level and I can have a career? Um well like we again we went to the 07 World Cup with only one with only one professional cricketer. Um at the time, you know, I was working in the nightclub pulling pints. Trent Johnson, who was our cat who was our captain at the time, was a salesman. Um Kenny Carroll was a postman. Um, you know, so we had all all you know, Kyle McConnell was a teacher, so we had all a wide range of um, jobs, I suppose, within the team. But you know, ultimately, we were there for for four or five weeks initially. Um, you know, we kind of trained as a, a professional team in the lead up to the tournament. Um, and yeah, obviously, we 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 did what we did. You know, beat Pakistan on Paddy's Day, and beat Bangladesh then in the Super Eights to finish seventh in the World Cup. Um, so since so from that moment on, probably you know. People around the world took notice of the Irish cricket team, and you know we all we all said, "Listen, this is where this is where we want to be as a, as a, as a team, as players. You know, we want to be playing the World Cups." And it was probably from that moment on that, you know, for me, I again I still thought there was no professional career in Ireland to be gained. Um, so you know, I I I tried to go again back over to England, and you know, signed a few short term contracts, and then you know, thankfully in 2010 I got my first contract with Cricket Ireland. Um, where I was, where I was kind of employed by them, um, first and foremost. When you were going to the trials, did you did you firmly believe you weren't good enough, or do you think that there was probably a perception that maybe you didn't have the background? Um, certainly, probably maybe before two thousand seven, I might have thought, oh, you know, maybe I don't have what it takes. Especially if a trial goes badly, and cricket's such a you know in the moment game. If you're a batter or a bowler, you know, you get a good ball as a batsman, you get out, and you think. And at a young age, you know, you're kind of, you're not as strong mentally as you are, say now, for example. Um, so if, if if you do get a good delivery and a bat, a bowler gets you out, um, you know, you might walk off thinking you're not good enough. But you know, ultimately, you've got to be become mentally strong to realise I was actually he's a good bowler and he just got me out in the day. But I'll I'll come back tomorrow and I'll I'll, I'll get runs. But um, you know, as a 19 year old, 18, 19 year old, you don't think like that. You know, if you get a low score, a few low scores, you know, you think the world's going to end. Um, but I suppose, thankfully, having um, played a lot, of, a lot of games and played for a long period of time, failed a lot of times, um, you know, I think you become certainly more resilient mentally to, to forget about your, you know, failings, but also try and forget about your successes as well because cricket's such an up-and-down sport. Um, like most sports, you know, you'll have good days, but you'll certainly have more bad days than good. It's quite interesting because I guess, look, when the general sports fan in Ireland thinks about cricket, they have memories of all the good days and, you know, probably don't know much really about the bad days, which is quite a strange thing when you compare it to maybe other sports where um, you'd be very aware of, you know, our soccer team's failures at Europeans or Worlds and likewise with rugby world, with the Ireland rugby team going to World Cups and, you know, reaching quarters. But with the cricket, we tend to talk about all the good days, but you've lived through the bad ones as well. Yeah, and some really bad ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could ma- I could mention you know plenty here, but um, it would take up too much time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, obviously from a team, a team's you know failing or uh, poor results, also a, a personal one as well. You know, I mean, out of my the games I've played for Ireland, you know, I've probably had you know fifty really good innings, but I've had probably two hundred and seventy five that haven't been very good. Um, so it's just you know 
Oh, that's that's my like most sports, unless you're mm-hmm. someone like you know Tiger Woods in golf, or you're like you know Cristiano Ronaldo in football, you know, or Tom Brady, Tom Brady in American yeah. football. You know, you, they're they're one in a million. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I'm a you know I'm a, a an okay cricketer. I've I've achieved a lot in my sport thanks to some very good teammates as well. Um, but ultimately, you know, I've had certainly more a lot more bad days than good. Um, but you know, that's just that that is professional sport. I think. It really is. So while we're on the, the topic of bad days, then what is the biggest setback that you've had to overcome? Um, well, personally, it's, you know, I, in 2010, I was, you know, struggling and, you know, I was doubting my own ability within the team. And, was, you know, I wasn't getting runs, wasn't getting wickets. Um, and it was probably that period I was really, really down. I thought it was going to be dropped. And, you know, probably I, for some reason, I don't know why I, you know, I got to that position because um, I'd just become a professional cricketer, Cricket Ireland, um, you know, and this was probably, I think it was around March time. So it was early on, um, you know, maybe I put too much pressure on myself as as a professional, you know, you know, now that I'm training three or four days a week, you know, I, I expect results straight away and it didn't come. Um, but, you know, so that was a tough period for me. Um, you know, thankfully, Nyla was on tour at the same time. So, you know, I remember having a, a, a beer in his hotel room, you know, just and he was like, he was just telling me just to take it easy and just relax and just go out and, you know, play my way and, you know, kind of back myself and that type of thing. So, um, yeah, that was a pretty dark moment, um, you know, feared my p- position at the team. Um, but thankfully, you know, got, got over that and, you know, had a, a good couple of uh, series after that. So got got me back on track. Do you, do you work on the mindset resilience side of things with anyone or was it something that you built up yourself? Um, yeah, I've done a little bit, um, but not, I wouldn't have done it uh, very actively. Um, you know, if, if, you know, I think now that I'm a bit older, I, I know, you know, how to kind of forget about games and how to forget about performances and that type of thing. It's difficult because obviously, you know, your people expect you to to perform well as a professional and you know once you go through a few games of not getting um you know the scores you want or the scores people want um you know it's it, it can it can really uh, put you down a spiral into a bad position but you know I, I've, be, I've i've become very um resilient and and i kind of ignore what people think you know for me you know the only pressure i really have is what i put on myself you know i, I don't doesn't really matter to me or I don't really care what people expect me to do on the pitch um you know my performances in the past are there people know that what I can do um but ultimately you know I just worry about myself and what worry about how I can prepare um to be ready to go to play a match um and then on you know once the game's finished you know it's for me it's done win lose or draw if I've done well if I you know haven't done well you know I'll obviously review the game in my in my own way um but then ultimately, once I've reviewed it, it's it's done. I, I forget about it. And having having two children helps. You know, you come home after you get a, a day's cricket. Um, you know, whether you've been successful by scoring runs or winning, whether you haven't by losing and not getting any runs, you know, two kids don't really care what you did. So they're just happy that dad's home. And that, that helps me forget about cricket and helps me kind of just move on to tomorrow. When you hold records like the fastest hundred at a World Cup, does that bring expectation then on you that people think you're going to do that all the time? Uh, yeah, probably. But again, you know, I listen. That's for other people to think and what they want to like. What they want to say, they can say. It, it doesn't really 
worry me it doesn't bother me I, I don't really obviously I, I do read them because you know you're tagged in a tweet saying this but like it's hard not to see but you know I try not to, to take it on board um yeah it's obviously great having people expecting you to do that every match um but ultimately they've got to be a little bit realistic um <laughs> and realize that I probably never will do that again so um it's easier it's easier to uh to forget about those type of things when it's when it's something that will probably never happen again certainly in my career anyway. it's nice to have the records though isn't it it is yeah it's great um you know but it's yeah from a personal point of view it's fantastic and you know um you know still what is it, 11 years later people still talk about it um you know it's like every every second of march every year you know i get about 55 thousand <laughs> tweets saying oh well about it what a day i was here and this which is great you know but for me i've played about 200 games since then Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. and, and I, I've achieved a lot in cricket for Ireland I've achieved a lot in life so mm-hmm. I try not to talk about the game too much although it's difficult not to yeah I guess look you've given people so many good memories you know the fact that even they're they're bringing it up all these years later and they can remember where they are when that happened and felt part of it like that's pretty cool too yeah it is I mean I'm, I'm not I'm not I don't want to sound like begrudging or anything you know yeah but, someone's tweeting me on the 2nd of March in 2030 saying 19 <laughs> years ago you did this listen it'd be great and you know, it'll be great for when my kids are old enough to kind of understand what's going on um, but yeah you know obviously at the time it was absolutely crazy and you know a couple of years after that um, was, was, was absolutely chaos um, but yeah like great memories you know personally um, and the, the, the biggest thing was that we won and it was against England so that's the most important I'm going to Put that reminder in my phone now for uh <laughs> <laughs> so beating England, like you know, everybody talks about it no matter what the sport is, not everybody gets to do it. Is it something that y- it does matter, or do sports fans put too much emphasis on it? Does it matter to the people that are involved, like you guys? Yeah, I think it does. You know, obviously, every win is great uh, for your country, whether it's against England or it's against um you know, no disrespect to Vanuatu or Papua New Guinea, you know, like every win is, is amazing. You're playing for your country, you're playing for, you know, the 4.2 million people in the country or whatever it is. Um, you know, you're, you're playing for, you know, your club, you're playing for your teammates in your club, you're playing for your family, you're playing for your, your the loyal fans who travel halfway around the world to watch you play a few games. Um, well, you're playing for them. Um, so ultimately every win is, is, is amazing. Um, but yeah, I think, Beating England is is just that bit bit more special. Um, you know, I'm not like I'm not going to sit here and like you know I'm not a massive Republican. Um, you know, for me it's you know whatever. But you know, I think just beating England is is something special. Um, and I think yeah. So thankfully we've we've achieved it twice in in my career. Um, hopefully hopefully we can do it more. Yeah, and I think like we're probably seeing it as well with the rugby team, it's, it's happening a little bit more, you know, and yeah, you control chart room as well. And it isn't as big a thing maybe as it was years ago when it was a rare enough thing. Um, but still, it is nice. Uh, so tell me about um, who has had the biggest impact in your career? Um, well, probably dad or Niall, probably from, from an early stage. Um, you know, obviously f- watching dad play from very young, um, you know, was, was an inspiration um, to kind of, try and you know play with him and in, in the railway first team which which I never did unfortunately um but uh, and then obviously Niall you know going over to England you know in 2001 I think it was 2002 to Kent 
to sign the contract, you know, he became professional. He kind of gave me the, uh, I suppose, the idea or gave me the kind of the spur to kind of maybe follow in his footsteps. Um, yeah, so, that, so, so about that and Nyler would be, would be two huge inf- influences on me early on. And then A.D. Burrell, who was the f- coach in 2006, who gave me my first cap. And then probably Phil Simmons, who's the longest serving coach with Ireland for eight years. So, um, you know, those two coaches from a development point of view and, and uh, kind of giving me the trust and, you know, believing in me and, you know, kind of giving me the skills, helping me improve my skills to, to be where I was and where I am now. So the, the, probably those four had the biggest influence on in my career. When you think of back when you were a kid and you were playing in the garden or in the club or wherever, and you were dreaming of the cricketer that you wanted to be, is there a performance that maybe brings you back there or a performance that defines you? Um, well, yeah, but it's probably the game against England. Um, again, you know, there's probably two, you know, I think the game against England is one, you know, again, underdogs pretty much uh, dead and buried, you know, 111 for five, whatever it was. And, and then the second was a test match against Pakistan, you know, um, you know, following on again, miles behind the eight ball, um, you know, in the second innings and then, you know, to go out and score a test hundred, something I thought I'd never even think of saying um you know it's pretty cool as well it's a pretty special proud moment for me personally so um yeah those two probably those two batting performances define me they're um they're not bad ones to have at all mm-hmm. so what about your successors what do you think is your greatest success um well i think yeah i think just you know being part of a team for well, since 2006, I'm obviously, I think I'm still part of it or hope, hopeful to be back at part of it. So, you know, to play international cricket since 2006, I mean, going on 16 years is a pretty good achievement. Um, you know, I've obviously worked worked hard, you know, probably could have worked harder, if I'm being honest, um, at times. Um, but again, you know, that's just my makeup and that's the way I am, um, you know. But uh, yeah, certainly being... Being available to play for 16 years for the Irish team is is, is pretty cool. Um, you know, being very lucky with with lack of injuries, um, which which helps. So, um, yeah, and, and and you know, playing in you know World Cups and T20 World Cups for the last you know however long, it's it's pretty pretty cool to be able to sit back and say that. Um, you know, obviously, you know, playing was it 389 times now. So uh, for Ireland, pretty cool. So I'm looking for 400. Okay. That's my next goal. <laughs> that's a good goal to have so tell me about the work harder thing because that's quite interesting and the fact that you say it's just your your makeup what do you mean by that I'm pretty lazy um, okay. I was as a kid um, probably still am at the moment um, yeah you know I remember you know as a kid growing up Nyla would be saying oh come on down to Nets do some training and I just I just like say no I don't want to just try and avoid doing extra training if I could. Um, obviously, that changed slightly when I became a professional cricketer, but, you know, yeah, you know, I you know, just probably could have worked harder over my career to, you know, maybe be, be, I don't know, a slightly better cricketer than I am. I'm not too sure, but, you know, certainly I'd, I'd shy towards the resting stage and then, the, you know, pick up an extra two or three dumbbells and do some more. Uh, bicep curls or flies or something I'd rather just you know finish my gym session and just go home people never admit that 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Like it's it's really interesting because there's lots of people out there like you. You know what I mean? Like there's lots yeah. of people who are definitely would go for the rest day or you know maybe decide not to do that one thing that they you know probably need to do. Do you regret it though? No, I've no regrets. I've absolutely no regrets in my career so far. Um, so listen, that's just you know it's the way I am. It's mm. Like when I train, I train hard, you know, that's the thing. But I, I, I wouldn't spend three hours in the gym. You know, I'm in 45 minutes, then I'm gone. You know I mean? I don't, and once I do my session, I'm done. You know, I don't feel the need to go and do, you know, an extra set of bicep curls or something. Or, you know, sorry, if I'm batting or bowling and I'm working on my skills, I'm in for, you know, however long it is, I get what I want done and I'm gone. Um, you know, I don't like to hang around and, and faff about. I, you yeah. know, I get in, get started, get finished, achieve what I want to achieve from a session and then go. Um, you know, certainly now the older I get, you know, if, if there's a rest day around, I'll I'll <laughs> take that. Um but yeah, it's just um yeah, maybe maybe I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't know. So tell me about I know you're not done yet, but what do you think your legacy is gonna be? Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could give you some cliche of like leaving the jersey in a better position than I found it and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I, I think for me, as long as people uh, look back and say that they enjoyed watching me play cricket, um, you know, that's ultimately that's what I play the game. Um, I play to, you know, obviously perform and, you know, perform a, a certain way that people are going to, you know, stand, stop what they're doing really and watch, you know, however long I'm batting or if I'm bowling. So, yeah, I mean, just probably hopefully people have enjoyed watching me play cricket the way I've played cricket. Um, I know it's been inconsistent at times and I apologise for that, but, you know, ultimately the um, the highs are, 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 are there to, to kind of be remembered um, sporadically throughout my career. But, um, yeah, certainly if people have enjoyed watching me play bat and I've enjoyed watching me bowl and I've enjoyed watching me play for Ireland that's ultimately you know that's enough for me yeah well that wouldn't be a bad legacy to have all right what about what's next so hopefully for you you'll get back into the international team what have you thought about what happens after after you finish yeah yeah I have and I've you know been probably working towards that for two or three years now um you know ultimately I'm my wife is very intelligent and she's always told me that I can't play cricket forever. So um, <laughs> as much as I'd love to. Uh, yeah, so the last couple of years I've been kind of putting in place what I want to do next and that's going down into the coaching route. Um, so yeah, I've got my own pri private coaching and I do one-on-one -on -one stuff and, and small groups and I do uh, club coaching sessions. Um, so I'm, I'm ramping that up now as we speak and I'm starting now next week. Um, I've done it the last couple of seasons, last couple of years, kind of it worked it in around my playing schedule. So at the moment that, you know, I've got probably a bit more free time to do to do some coaching. So that's an avenue I'm looking to get into is, is to try and do that. And Yeah, I've been, I was in Estonia last week working with the Estonian national team and they've got a qualifiers in the summer. Um, yeah, I've got a few interesting calls to make later on and, and further this week about other national teams that are keen to get me involved so yeah hopefully the ball is moving and you know moving in the right direction and you know that I can once I finish playing and realize that my day is done uh, I can get straight into coaching world. Do you think when your day is done you'll know? 
Yeah, I've I've been told that by people, um, you know, and I think, yeah, I think you will. You know, the the drive, you know, to continue to improve every day, um, will eventually go. Um, you know, and, and when that happens, yeah, I think you've got to you've got to ask yourself the question: Do you really want to, you know, commit to another season, or do you want to commit to another series of of games, or another, you know, couple of months of training? Um. Yeah, so I think you will you will realise that, and I've been told that by a few people who've retired in the last four or five years. That once you know, once you know it's time to go, you'll 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 know, and then you'll know it's time to take a backseat. Well, it does sound as well like you have an interesting chapter to come after this current one. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You have left a lasting impact on the sporting landscape and every March from now on I will be thinking about you getting all those uh, Twitter messages but thanks so much for coming on and thanks everybody for watching and listening please like subscribe and leave a review